Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you by Cheez-It and Pringles. Hey, Hoops fans, do you want to play in a basketball game with some of today's biggest stars with Charles Barkley or Shaq as your coach? Pringles and Cheez-It are bringing you that chance with the Celebrity Crunch Classic, all for the win sweepstakes. All you have to do is go vote for Team Cheez-It or Team Pringles at celebritycrunchclassic.com slash OSP. Visit the site for more details. Pringles versus Cheez-It. Pick a side, stock up, and go for the win. No purchase necessary. We are also brought to you by Bud Light. Did you know that not all alcohol products are required to list their ingredients? That was news to me, but Bud Light is changing the game. They believe that we deserve to know our beer's ingredients, so they put an ingredients label right on their packaging. Bud Light brewed with hops, barley, water, and rice. No corn syrup, no preservatives, and no artificial flavors. Find out what ingredients are in your beer. Bud Light, enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch, Bud Light Beer. St. Louis, Missouri. Can you believe it, Tate? We are sponsored by Cheez-It, Pringles, and Bud Light. Uh, I don't know about you, but it's if a trifecta. I'm going, you know, Mar- yes. March Madness right around the corner. If I'm going over to Buddy's house to watch the games and they do not have Bud Light, Cheez-It, or Pringles, I'm taking that as a personal affront. I'm walking out of that man's house. What happens if they saying, have corn syrup? Do you boycott? Do you leave yeah. for good? So Perfect. Get, get that out of my face, bro. Uh, we're, we are also brought to you by the ringer.com.com. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. Uh, where on the website you can find, uh, what, what do we have posted there right now? I think there's an oral history of Office Space, Tate, the 20th anniversary um, of Office Space. Great movie. What would Hey, Tate, let me ask you this. What would you do uh, with the million dollars? A lot of things, Get but I, I do know that Kyle and I one day will probably take this audio mixer out to a field and beat it to death like the, co- <laughs> like the copier at some point. That'll probably happen. Hey, speaking of a uh, speaking of a uh, movie anniversaries, I think Blue Chips anniversary was the twenty fifth anniversary was yesterday. Um, I know I've I've been plugging the rewatchables a lot on here. Uh, I actually was on that Blue Chips rewatchable. I think that was like when the rewatchables first launched, or maybe not. It wasn't the first one, but it was like, and it, it feels like forever ago that we did that podcast. Uh, but Blue Chips was the twenty fifth anniversary, and I bring that up to first of all say if if you want to rewatch that, there is a rewatchables podcast that I was on that's back there. <laughs> Um, that that's somewhere in the feed. Go find it. Use Google. You know how to use Google. Uh, and then I was also going to say, Tate, um, the reason that's relevant is because uh, we, we stole the Friends of the Program moniker from Blue Chips. Um, and it's the 25th anniversary. And we might have a, a new shirt in the works. I'm just teasing that. <laughs> I'm teasing a Friends of the Program. We, we might, maybe, possibly. There are rumors. Our lawyers we'll are saying we situation. didn't steal it. We reappropriated it. That's the correct term. Mm-hmm. Reappropriated okay, it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Friends <laughs> of the program. Yes. Very exciting stuff about the t-shirt. I can't wait for that. Uh, and then, yeah, I remember that day that you watched You watched Blue Chips, uh, I think, right before a podcast, right after a podcast, in between mm-hmm. NCAA tournament games. You were uh, dedicated, as always. So, good times, and uh, I can't wait. Blue Chips. I'm, I'm probably going to watch it tonight, Kyle. Maybe. We'll see what happens. You're have a sleepover? Maybe. I, I, <laughs> it is a great movie. It's it was filmed uh the, the funniest thing about Blue Chips to me is that it was the 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 home arena was in Frankfort, Indiana, which is like north of Indianapolis by 45 minutes. I it's it's in the middle of nowhere in Indiana. And the idea that they got all these famous people from the basketball world to not only come to Indiana cuz like getting them to Indianapolis would be a feat in and of itself, but they got them to like fly into Indianapolis and then drive an hour north into the middle of fucking nowhere, Indiana. Um it's great. It's it's fantastic. That that's the that's the thing I love about it the most. And never um, forget Nick Nolte mimicking everything that Bob Knight used to do, uh, and then Bob Hurley playing for Indiana as he was probably destined to be in some weird alternate universe. So uh, blue dude, chips, it all you, checks out. 
You know, you know my theory on that. I think I said this on the Rewatchables pod that Nick Nolte uh, job shadowed Knight for yeah. the role, or just I guess whatever he followed Bob Knight around trying to learn his mannerisms or whatever for the role. Um, the timeline checks out that like this was I want to say in night like IU goes to the Final Four in '93. Um, I want to say that that Nolte was there for the '93 season. Maybe that was when he shadowed him, and then Bob Knight like never had success at IU again. Really, like Nick Nolte is the reason IU sucks at basketball and is not kind of bad. This is the Nolte theory. Ever, yeah, yeah. Ever since it's Nolte and Adidas, that's the two things that fucked IU basketball for the last twenty five years. So <laughs> there you have it. Um. I'm getting off topic. Oh, I wanted I wanted to plug Bachelor Party as well. I I am uh, uh I wanted to give you guys an update that the Bachelor is still going on Tate and Kyle. Um and I think I think you'll I, I think you'll find this fascinating. The the saga in the Bachelor right now is that they've been showing this teaser um like for next week's episode. They've been showing it for like 4 weeks now where the Bachelor jumps over a fence. He's so overwhelmed with God knows what that he He's like, he's like, I got to get the fuck out of here. And he runs away from the cameras and he jumps over a fence and they've been showing this teaser forever and we have not actually seen it in the real show. So that's what, that's what's going on in the bachelor right now. Go listen to bachelor. Is Party he still a virgin Littman at this point to find out more? <laughs> yeah. Is he still a virgin? Maybe he <laughs> jumped over the fence to go master still a virgin because he's got surrounded by all these women. How can we test yeah, to yeah, see yeah, if so he is a virgin? <laughs> like how, can we do a lie detector test? That's what they should do with the reunion special, just to make sure that everything checked out. <laughs> Were you actually a virgin? Someone, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of the chicks gets naked, and he just you like, are he just the runs, virgin. Jumps he just runs fence. away, <laughs> <laughs> jumps out of the hot tub. All right, uh, Tate. It's rivalry week. We are currently less than four weeks from Selection Sunday. We are less than seven weeks. It, it is. We're, we're recording this on a Tuesday. Uh, if we were recording this yesterday. That would be the seven-week mark from the national championship. Mm. So seven weeks from today, Tate, there will be no more college basketball. Um, it's it's happening. It's all it, it, it's about our time. It's like people are going to actually start listening to this podcast. Is what I'm telling you. So get your shit together. It's it's almost time for us to shine. So um, let's do it. Let's get into the, the good guys, the bad guys. The week that was the number one team in the country got absolutely destroyed. Uh, th- there's a ton of stuff that went on. We are going to get to all of it. But first, Woody Durham. All right, Tate, it's Tuesday. Uh, we, we have good guys to get to. We have bad guys to get to. We have some Kyle Guy news. Uh, but I first want to talk about news that supersedes all of that. It is, I think you'll agree, this is much more important than anything we could possibly talk about on this show. Sports? And it is this. Uh, a, what are you going to say? Sports. Sports, yes. Yeah. That's, we're, we're, on the same, we're on the same wavelength here. Um, a Twitter account called at Las Vegas Locally tweeted... <laughs> UNLV is in serious talks with coach Rick Pitino, according to a source. Now, this Twitter account is not verified. We have, mm-hmm. I have no idea who this is, wh- wh- how credible this is, but I will say they, they do not have a blue check mark. What they do have is a palm tree emoji um, next to their name on Twitter, which is some say that's just as good as a blue check mark. Uh, so I'm, I'm taking this as gospel that UNLV, it just makes too much sense. And driving home the point that it makes a ton of sense that, that, that Rick Pitino would land on his feet in Las Vegas at UNLV is in the replies of this tweet from at, from Las Vegas locally there is a an, an adult film store star we will call her 
uh, named Rochelle Ryan, mm-hmm. who responds and says, no way, with an exclamation point. <laughs> and she seems to be very excited about the prospects of Rick Pitino. <laughs> yes. Work is Coming on the way. This is like if you work in a town and you get some tax incentives and you hear Amazon's bringing some jobs. You know what I mean? Like Apple's coming <laughs> yeah. to town. You're like, yeah, all right, here we go. <laughs> Driving it up. I actually got a text from my dad that just said Rick Pitino to, to uh, UNLV. And it, there was no, there was no, you know, question or anything like that. So I thought it already happened. So I was completely, I mean, I was dropping everything. I was like, I got to look up what, what was going on. Cause I knew that he won the Greek cup, right? We saw that he wins the Greek cup. He, mm-hmm. he proves that he is a champion yet again. He talks about, you know, Sean Kilpatrick signed with a guy that used to be on the nets. Was signed, George Clooney at the Greek cup? I'm sure he was. <laughs> if not, Casamigos was there in spirit. Uh, or an actual liquid form. Uh, so he wins the championship. Everyone's excited for Rick Pitino and uh, his prospects. Then the UNLV leak comes out. And my question to you is, mm. I mean, if you're Rick Pitino's agent, I mean, you got to go to the palm tree and say, put this out to the world, that Rick Pitino will come to UNLV. It makes too much mm-hmm. sense. It's a perfect fit. And then guess what? The number one player in the country next year, I mean, maybe not technically, but definitely the number one guard in the country, Cole Anthony, son of Greg Anthony, who went to the running Rebels. I mean, this is the perfect setup. You know, mm. Rick Petito comes to mm. town, recruits Cole Anthony, gets him to come to UNLV. Even though UNLV was like, uh, a lot of people thought it was just a nice thing for him to put them on the list. They're still on the list. So no one's going to really raise red flags if he goes there and tries to get Cole Anthony to go to UNLV. Maybe gets Jimmy right. Kimmel back involved. We know that he had some right. problem with some NCAA infractions once upon a time, you know, by giving someone a right. lunch deal or something like that. But if we bring everything together for UNLV with Rick Petino, with Cole Anthony, with Greg Anthony, with Jimmy Kimmel, the running rebels are back. Oh yeah, it makes too much sense. It, it really like I, however long ago we were recording the pod, I, we were talking about Miami, and I I brought up uh, or, or I, I forget what the what the situation was, but I mentioned that there needs to be a school that takes all the the coaches that are in exile and just hires them. And I I, I brought up the idea of Miami. I don't know why I why UNLV never crossed my mind. It was staring me right in the face, and I didn't even think about UNLV. This may, that that's what's hilarious about this is that it makes perfect sense, and I actually would do it if I was UNLV. In fact, if I was the NCAA, I would allow this. You, you brought up the idea of like tax incentives and all that kind of stuff. I think there should be a thing with UNLV where they just get like a break from the NCAA where they're allowed to cheat because they just like the NCAA just identifies that this this is what college basketball needs is UNLV cheating their balls off and like flagrantly cheat like just brazenly out in the open. Yes, we are cheating, bragging about it. Uh. That's what college basketball needs. I so I it, like, I think the NCAA should get behind this. They should whatever punishment they're going to give to Rick Pitino or want to give or whatever else, just just let it happen. Let them let them cheat their balls off. Let UNLV get it back. That's what we need. We we need these little certain. I mean, if if you can bail out like you know, this would be like a bank bailout. You know, the like some entities are so important that the government or the 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 legislative whatever has to step in and say we need to keep this alive that's what the NCAA needs to do with, with UNLV basketball they need to say everyone else you're not allowed to cheat but UNLV you are allowed to cheat because that is your brand now good luck go <laughs> get after it kids <laughs> do what you do uh so it's exciting times it's, it's exciting. exciting times i really i really genuinely do hope it happens uh patino to UCLA is a disaster i don't actually want that to happen it would be hilarious we would have a ton of fun with it um, Patino to UNLV would be honestly successful for everybody. It makes total sense for everybody. Uh, 
I, I, I generally do want it to happen, and I, I know he's going to cheat his balls off. I know he's going to be scuzzy as hell, but that is exactly what we need out of UNLV, and that's what, you, what UNLV fans want. That's what everybody wants. It's it a, makes so much sense. This is what the porn stars want. <laughs> yes, this is what everyone at Thomas... And think about this. I mean, you get NBA Summer League there, and Rick Pitino, it's his home court. <laughs> <laughs> All the NBA oh players God, are hanging dude. out with Pitino. He's shaking hands, kissing babies, talking to everybody. Uh, and then that's the easiest recruiting pitch in the world to anyone that wants to go there and play because they just say, well, I'm already going to be here for the NBA scouts who come down for NBA Summer mm-hmm. League anyway. Uh, and Coach Pitino has promised me some other things. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, did you hear what mm-hmm. happened? Did you hear what happened in the semifinals uh, of the of the Greek Cup, which is the most ridiculous uh, question are, I probably have ever asked you? What what the uh, the team they were playing didn't come out in the second half or something, well, and then the owner of Patino's team put <laughs> women's lingerie on their bench to basically call them pussies. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> that what happened? No, but close enough. Basically, David Blatt was the coach of the other team that forfeited. Uh, David Blatt of coach uh, coaching LeBron James once upon a time fame. Also, uh, a Princeton assistant coach when David Duchovny played at Princeton. A little background on David Blatt. Mm. But David Blatt, coach team, uh, they they protested the game's officiating in the first half. I, I, I sh- you not. This is what happened. They protested the game's officiating by no-showing the second half and therefore forfeiting the game. <laughs> <laughs> so that is probably the worst protest of all time because if you say it in the first half, okay, here we go. Uh, I don't like the way that this is being called. So let's mm-hmm. let's change some things for this, you know. And then you just don't show up. Well, you lot like what can you do now? So they they that reminds me of a. So people try to say some things about Rick Pitino that you know he didn't really win because of a forfeit, but I, I don't think the I don't think the protest was a good idea. Mm. Uh, maybe David Blatt's no, not a good. Maybe he's not a good coach. Maybe <laughs> maybe we did. Maybe they were right. Maybe LeBron was right. I don't know. Is is David Blatt your good guy of the week? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's dumb guy of the week. Uh, yeah. No, I swear. I swear. The follow up to that story was that the owner. Because like, remember we talked about the owner of Patino's team, how he's like crazy, and he said, "I'll." I'll he went into the refs' locker room and threatened to kill them, and like rape their families and I'm not even it sounds like I'm joking if you're just tuning into the story but that's I'm pretty sure that's what happened um I I think he uh to protest like the protest he took like he got like women's lingerie and put it on their bench and and on the the team that quit David Blatt's team and that was some sort of (laughs) gesture (laughs) uh why would Patino want to leave that that sounds like a match made in heaven as well, but we need him in UNLV. We really do. Can we just we really, really can we just do. think about the moments that we've had with Rick Pitino since he went over there? He said Nick Calathus was the best passer of all time, right? He <laughs> <laughs> he did say that. Said he was the greatest passer he had ever seen, um, and then and then had other players on the team agree with him that that was the case. You know, he had other people <laughs> say, mm-hmm. tell, "Tell him about Calathus. Tell him." Uh, and then he had, then he had uh, comparing all the coaches, the college coaches to former coaches. We had that great moment. And then he has the lingerie put on the bench. He has David Blatt throwing uh-huh. a second half. I mean, if he can get all this drama and storylines going on in Greece, imagine what he will do in Las Vegas. And that is why this is perfect. Uh, we couldn't ask for anything. It better is perfect. Than this. Thank goodness for Coach Rick Pitino. Uh, speaking of speaking of UNLV future UNLV coaches, uh, let's talk about a past UNLV coach just real quickly because this is the other story I want to make sure I get to before we dive in is uh, Chris Beard, former UNLV coach for a week and a half or whatever it was in 2016. Um, this guy is yelling at his walk-on Tate for dunking. They're they're beating Baylor. They're supposed to be dribbling out the clock. 
uh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get these kids' name right because they deserve recognition. Um, kid named Andrew Sorrels on Texas Tech throws a lob to Avery Benson who dunks it and kind of and and Chris Beard took this as uh, Texas Tech rubbing it in Baylor's face that they were blowing them out. Chris Beard loses his mind, yells at his guys, makes the guy makes the kid who threw the pass apologize to Scott Drew in the handshake line. It's this whole thing. And I just want to say, as as a guy who has made it his his brand being a walk on, as a guy who is who has started a nonprofit organization for walk ons, um, and is going to start a scholarship, has actually started a scholarship. The scholarship exists for okay, walk ons. Just wanted to make sure. Uh, <laughs> I don't like this. Yeah, if they exactly <laughs> yeah, I, I would not stand sure for this. They, <laughs> I don't like this one bit. It's wrong. <laughs> don't throw those lobs, kids. I do like that he made him apologize Dude. in the line to Scott Drew. You think Scott Drew really wanted that apology? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Definitely not. No kidding. Dude, honestly, like, th- this shit drives me nuts because, one, like, first of all, if a walk-on has a chance to dunk in any situation ever, let the walk-on dunk. Mm. Like, if you're a coach, if, if you're Scott Drew, and I'm not saying Scott Drew was mad. I'm saying that, like, Chris Beard thought that Scott Drew might be mad. Anyway, if... If you're a coach who actually does get mad when the opposing teams walk on dunks on you, you're you're just a piece of shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> like like no one there's no way in any world where any coach is like mad that the walk-ons are dunking on it. If you have your starters still out there and the starters are throwing oops to each other, that's a that's a hazy area. That's, you know, whatever. The walk-ons, you should be allowed to do whatever you want. And I say this as a guy like every time I went in, I famously stood in the corner and I didn't want to do anything. But um different strokes for different folks. Some walk-ons are trying to get theirs. This kid who dunked it was, I, I looked this up to you. He's six, three. He's not even that tall, mm. by the way. This is incredible. He's a white guy. He's a six, three white guy who caught an oop in a division one in a big 12 basketball game. That's, that's totally worth it. If they kick his ass off the team for, for this, totally worth it. Totally worth it. You can tell that story the rest of your life. He like, becomes I a martyr for the walk-ons. Game. Everyone, they have the picture oh, of him. He becomes the logo with the dunk. It's like him barely getting the ball over the yeah. rim. That'll be great. The only the only way the only like thing the, if if I'm Chris Beard's PR guy, I'm spinning this. I'm saying that Chris Beard purposely got mad because he knew people would talk about it, and in, then in talking about it, the walk on kid uh, Avery Benson's his name. Um, Avery Benson would get more recognition for the dunk, you know, because like more people saw the clip of the dunk. You and I are talking about the dunk. If Chris Beard doesn't lose his mind, are we talking about this dunk? No. So maybe maybe it was like an actual positive thing. Maybe he's like, I'm going to get my guy some more publicity and pretend to be pissed off about this. And That's I was, what I would do if and, I was Chris Beard's guy. And I was going to say, how much of this is more of about uh, building your perception as a coach, you know, uh, out in the world? Like, you know, when Jordan did the mm-hmm. dunk, when Jordan did the cradle dunk in 84 against Maryland, and then, you know, Dean Smith goes over and runs over to Lefty Drizel and apologizes and then makes mm-hmm. Jordan run steps for the whole next day and then leaked it to the public that he was making him do that for, for the unsportsmanlike <laughs> play. You know what I mean? <laughs> like a lot of that is, uh, you know, just to put it out there that you are the good guy, of course, uh, as the moniker on this podcast goes. But for Chris Beard to do that, I think that was uh, that was more about Chris Beard than it was about the walk-on. That was more of, uh, mm-hmm. this is we're a classy program here at Texas Tech. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry about this, Scott. I, can't, I cannot believe that, Scott. I cannot. <laughs> Scott. And Scott Drew like wasn't even watching the game at that point. He's like, "What happened?" He's like, "What did that kid do?" <laughs> oh man, I just I wanted I wanted to get that out of the way. People were tweeting at me all weekend, and uh, I did not address it on Twitter. I saved my thoughts for the podcast, so I wanted to make sure we brought that up. Now let's get into it, though. Let's get into our good guys or bad guys. 
Um, do you, would you like to go first with your good guy of the week, Tate? I would love to go I first. I always defer to you, but okay, so yeah, go ahead. Please defer, defer to me because you actually have uh, the college basketball coaches that we really need to talk about, about where they are. Uh, I have a minor good guy, and then I'm going to get into the real good guy. Minor good guy, uh, Big Monday star last night. The man by the name of Huggy Bear, of course, Bob Huggins, coach at West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there was a lot of conversation last night about what's going on with West Virginia What's the plan? I mean, if you go back to our preview podcast, we sort of, as we as we tried to talk through the team, we said, wait a second, Kanate is their best player, and all he does is volleyball swat things. So how's that going to work out? Turns out it's led to them mm-hmm. having 14 different starters and basically just nothing going well in the Big 12. Bob Huggins is, is doing his best job. Uh, you know, he's just kind of going through the motions last night against Kansas State when he's going through the line you can see a couple guys that he recruited I guess to West Virginia but decided not to go to West Virginia but he's doing the full on <laughs> bear hug you know what I mean just being the best of good guys uh letting letting know letting everyone know how much he loves the players even if they decided not to go to West Virginia and play for him which was a beautiful thing uh so that was a very very good guy move and to keep it on the basketball court that is that is where I'm going to stick with my good guy but to take it off the basketball court I'm going to go to a headline that I'm going to read, you know, because everything that I've seen over the past, let's say, six months relates back to Zion Williamson. So I'm a part. I'm a part of this now. This is in Spartanburg County, South Carolina. And the headline reads, bad guy shoots at good guys. Good guys shoot back, comma, win. And that is (laughs) what? Yes. Bad guys shoot at good guys. Good guys shoot back. Wait, what? Win. And that is a quote from the sheriff of Spartanburg County, South Carolina, uh, the hometown, of course, of the great Zion Williamson. Oh, my God. And that's how I like to relate things back because everything. The good guys win. The good guys win. And that is that is uh, upstate sheriff Chuck Wright uh, of Spartanburg County. There was a little shootout going down. He said, you know, we're thankful no one got hurt in this. Uh, He said, thank the good Lord above that none of our guys were hurt. And the bad guy has a small injury. Of course, the good guys winning again in this case. Mm. Uh, And, you know. I, my favorite thing, have you seen this on any comment? Uh, as I was going through All-Star Weekend, you know, it would be a, you know, they're showing Glenn Rice in the three-point contest. And you go through the comments, and it was like, but what did Zion have for cereal this morning? And, and it's literally on every single sports post. And it's something along those lines, you know what I mean? It'll be uh, Kareem mm-hmm. Abdul-Jabbar and Bill Russell hug each other for the first time since, you know, 2008. And then the first comment would be like, but what did Zion do on Wednesday night? Mm-hmm. And it's, this is the new fad. And so I related it back to my good guy of the week, Spartanburg County Sheriff. Uh, I can't get over how great that headline is. Bad guy shoots the good guys. Good guys shoot back, comma, win. Spartanburg County, uh, it, it's a nice place. Of course, Zion Williams is, is from there, as I've said before. Uh, and that is why that is my true good guy of the week, because good guys win the shootout. It's cops and robbers, cowboys and Indians. Uh, it, it is modern times. We're going to see it all play out in the world. And, uh, you know, that's all I really got. Now, to your good guy of the week, Mark Titus, which is all in the basketball court. Bob Huggins, minor good guy. The sheriff in Spartanburg County, Mm -hmm. major good guy. Your good guy of the week. Please let the world know. I love when the good guys win. That's awesome. I'm a a big fan of good guys. And I'm not a fan of crime. So that's a story that I really enjoy. Um, (laughs) I hate crime. I've I've been on record as hating crime (laughs) for a very long time. Uh, I have I have a I have a handful as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna rip through my honorable mentions because uh, they definitely deserve to be mentioned. But I I'm going to arrive. Um, I I have one who's I'm not, I'm not gonna do the tape move where I I name like five guys and I can't pick one. I'm gonna actually pick one. I'm just gonna say some honorable mentions though. 
Uh, honorable mention, everyone wants me to pick Archie Miller. It's The people are clamoring for it. They're saying, Titus, when are you going to going to rip Archie Miller like he deserves? Um, I feel like I pick a Big Ten coach every single week because I kind of do. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm honorably mentioning Archie Miller as, as good guy of the week. He's clearly tanking for Zion. I don't think he understands how this works. Um, but he, he's got the tanking fever. Indiana's lost 10 of 11. They play Purdue tonight. Uh, but I will say, in his defense, Indiana is, in my opinion, without question, the best 12-loss team in the country. Uh, not enough <laughs> people are talking about that. Um, so not, it's not all bad things in Bloomington, but Archie Miller does deserve to be mentioned. I just, I just, I, f- I honestly got to feel like I pick a Big Ten coach every week, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, Jay Wright deserves a mention, Tate. Up by 19 at St. John's. Villanova loses. Um, a big time, like a, a company man, like a, this is a guy who's who's he knows the Big East history. He, he's a Big East man. You know what I mean. He's mm-hmm. he's a old Big. He's East. trying to get the, the every, yeah. He he loves the old Big East. Dana O'Neill wrote a big article today um, about the old Big East. She she interviewed all the coaches and how they used to hate each other. I don't know if you guys heard about that. Um, but the Big East man, what a world that was. Mm. Uh, but Jay Wright is a man who 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 knows that this year the Big East is down. People are talking about the Big East only getting three four teams in the tournament. Uh, it need, they need some help. So he throws St. John's a bone, uh, loses on purpose when he's up by 19, and also makes the Big East race interesting. Now now the now the Villanova-Marquette game coming up, the rematch, is going to be for the Big East title. That's interesting. That's so... Uh, Jay Wright deserves a mention. Also, Chris Mack, a very, very close to good guy of the week. I, I almost went with him. We did the podcast on Friday where we, we broke down the uh, the 23-point comeback. Don't really need to revisit that. I had, a, I had a ton of fun doing that podcast, by the way. I think people liked it. I hope people liked it. I don't know. One guy liked it. <laughs> one, we do know one guy liked it. Thanks That's all. Guy. We Thank can, you, one guy. Well, one Thank guy, you, guy. I, I, one guy had a good idea. One, one dude on Twitter, and I'm sorry I forget who tweeted this at us, but uh, someone said we should do this over the summer with like other historic games. Like the, I think the example we used was 05 Elite Eight uh, Illinois and Arizona game mm. and break down that comeback and do the same thing. I don't know. Fun idea. I, I'm willing to look into it. Was it um, the same guy? Yeah, it's all it's all one guy. <laughs> he just, just replying it's, to himself. It's my dad. It's my dad with like four burner accounts. Um so uh 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 Chris Mack he puts forth the 23 point collapse against Duke and then on Saturday Louisville's up 7 with 17 seconds left Tate on Clemson and mm. and Clemson gets a shot to beat him but like Wara throws the ball in bounds turnover Clemson has a shot like right in the paint. Clemson has a shot in the paint at the buzzer to beat Louisville after being down seven with 17 left. And then Chris Matt, they ended uh Wara blocks the shot. Louisville wins. But um, Chris Matt comes into his press conference and, and jokingly says, I am announcing my retirement because this week has been so stressful. So uh, shout out to all those guys. Those are my honorable mentions. I am not picking them as my good guy of the week, though. My good guy of the week is a man we haven't really talked about much this year, um, but we need to because he is he is one of our favorites here on this program. Uh, my my good guy of the week is Mike Bray, head coach of your Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And the reason is this. Uh, it's not so much like Mike Bray. It's more of like the Notre Dame. I think it's the Notre Dame Twitter account, the Notre Dame basketball Twitter account, which only follows, side note, only follows like 187 people, and I'm one of them, which mm. is very bizarre to me. It, I'm, I'm kind of, it's a very much a humble brag, but it's also like, What's your play here, Notre Dame? I don't. I'm kind of confused why you follow me, and then basically nothing but guys who played at Notre Dame. Um, but I enjoy the Notre Dame Twitter account tape because Mike Bray is. This is the youngest team he's ever had. Uh, Rex Fluger was like the one senior he had on this team. The one scholarship senior is out for the year. 
Um, it has been they Notre Dame has been taking their lumps. They've lost seven of nine. They're on pace to maybe be the worst team that Mike Bray has ever had. Uh, if not this year, then the the only team that comes close is the first year there in the ACC in in twenty thirteen fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um, but along the way, Mike Bray has. If you follow this Notre Dame basketball Twitter account. Mike Bray is providing the content. He's he's loose. He's jovial. They call him the loosest coach in America. We know this. We love this man. Um, he's taken again. They they beat Boston College earlier in the month. He's in the locker room celebrating the win by taking charges on his own players, and then like the, the guys are coming to the help hurling. him up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saturday. Th- th- this is what brings it all together for me, though, is they play at Virginia on Saturday. It's a close game. Our, our, our Kyle guy, Ty Jerome, iced the game with some free throws late. Uh, it's like a two-point game, though, with like 30 seconds left. Notre Dame is fighting. They're clawing. They're doing what they can. Mike Bray's post-game speech is nothing but positive. He's so proud of his guys, and he points to the whiteboard where he, where he says, you guys did this today, and on the whiteboard, it says keys to the game, and his key to the game in this Virginia game, Tate, was compete for 40 minutes. <laughs> it's a good motto and he was applauding he was applauding his team for that um he's just got positive vibes all around i i, I just i just wanted to bring up mike bray they're, they're playing tonight they're playing wake forest notre dame is and they're having office night which is like office themed everything and mike wow. bray is a, apparently going to dress like michael scott i guess i don't really know um rex fluger is, is jim halpert i suppose or, or dwight i don't i don't really know how it's going to work but notre dame is doing that I just wanted to give a shout out. Uh, it's it's a it's a tough time to be a Notre Dame basketball fan. They're not winning a lot. They are very young, but everyone. It seems to be nothing but positivity coming out of South Bend. So that is why Mike Bray is my good guy of the week. It it, it fits the definition in every sense of the term that you are losing a lot, but we still love you. You right? know what? It, yes, you know what it reminds me of uh, the office night. It reminds me of minor league baseball teams. You know how they always do the you know it's Star Wars mm-hmm. night. It's whatever night because anything to get people to come watch these guys play this game. Like, whatever it takes. You, you guys know? like Twilight? Yeah. Twilight night. Demolition Derby <laughs> night. But monster trucks will be here in the stretch, in the seventh inning stretch. You can't wait for it. Uh, that's, I, what, that's what it's set up to be. Have I told you my uh, my my half-baked idea for a minor league baseball? I, I don't know if I've ever told you guys this before. Uh, I talked myself. I, got, I went to a Columbus Clippers game one time, and I got really drunk and convinced myself this would be a good idea. I don't think you can do it at a triple-A game. The stakes are too high. You got to do it at a single-A game. But I want one game a year in some semi-pro whatever baseball league where there's no there there are no foul balls. <laughs> mm. <laughs> That's cool. And um like basically if if you hit it into the stands like the the fans it's it becomes like an interactive experience where like the the opposing team the visitors are up to bat and they hit a foul ball into the stands and you just play it like it's a live ball and the stand the the <laughs> the fans have to throw it back in and like try to throw the guy out at second and the guy like as soon as he hits the ball he just takes off running. It's a horrible idea, but I, I thought about it and I was like, I would go to more games. I would go to baseball games if that was the case. Like if 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 your if your tiny ass town had a single A team and you told me that this was the night that every ball is live, I'm going to that game for sure. And I'm throwing I, someone out. I know the base. perfect place to do this. Uh the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. Myrtle Beach, they're down for entertainment. <laughs> They will they will take the, the I used to have season tickets when I was a kid to the Myrtle Beach Pelicans back in the day. It's also where Kenny, Kenny Powers, Powers, the great Kenny Powers, played uh, yeah. his beautiful days down at the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. Single A, they feed into the Braves. I mean, guys like Raphael Fercal played there, Wilson Bediman. Great place, uh, but they are down for the fanfare. And that is, that, like, no foul night sounds exactly like something the Pelicans would be about. So let's just... It'd let's be just so go. awesome. And then if you're... Whoa. If it's your, your guys that foul ball, like... 
Like if the Pelicans hit a foul ball into the stands, you just take the ball and chuck it out of the park. Yeah, they start run. playing monkey in the middle and and yeah, they start passing it around the crowd. <laughs> Umpires yelling at him, give us the ball back. <laughs> what this could go great. wrong? Yeah, nothing. Oh god. Uh, nothing. <laughs> There's been a standing on, outside uh, the Pelicans parking lot. <laughs> Uh, can I just say one thing about Mike Bray before we get back to the Pelicans? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think that Mike Bray is a very, very, very under the radar. The reason that he is so jovial, I think, is he is a very under the radar pick for the UCLA Bruins to go after. And I say this mm. uh, with with the fact that I have already put out there that Luke Walton will be going to the UCLA Bruins. <laughs> but if that doesn't happen, uh, here's my backup plan. I think Mike Bray in the Under Armour world... Uh, I think that, you know, they came out here and played early in the year. Notre Dame threw the game for UCLA to get a nice win. Uh, I thought that was very mm -hmm. nice of Mike Bray to do. Mike Bray has the pedigree with the Duke background. Uh, I can see the UCLA Board of Regents, whatever, whoever they may be, but I know that they have a lot of opinions because every day I see a, a leaked report, UCLA could look into, insert name of coach, and the next day Board of Regents say nay. Um, so if the Board of Regents are down for the Duke pedigree, for the Mike Bray slick back hair, for the fact that he's already got Under Armour ties, I could see UCLA making a run at Mike Bray. But I don't want to say that because Notre Dame's already going through a lot. And just enjoy Michael Scott, a.k.a. Mike Bray tonight, uh, and let him, you know, against Wake Forest, too. That seems like a nice setup. Both those teams, Wake Forest uh, is in the same boat as Notre Dame. I mean, they just are the bottom of the barrel in the ACC. Not a lot of fun to talk about. So maybe, you know, a little Kelly reference or a little Ryan joke mm -hmm. or something like that will get everyone going. Danny Manning. I don't know. Danny Manning is uh Danny Stanley. Manning plays the role of Robert California and he introduces himself as the fucking lizard king or whatever it is that <laughs> Yes. Yes. And everyone's like, I don't think I like this guy, but I uh, this is interesting. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll get back. We're gonna talk about our bad guys or Kyle guys and uh the big Tennessee Kentucky game. But first a word from those who dropped the bag for us. Quick break to talk about Cavo. Clean up your remote control clutter with Control Center by Cavo. Control Center simplifies your home theater so you can control everything connected to your TV with one easy-to-use remote with voice control. Plug in your streamer, sound system, cable, or satellite, even your game console, and Control Center does it all. Don't waste time fiddling with different remotes or weeding through messy search results to get the content you want. One universal voice remote controls it all. So just say what you want to watch and let Control Center handle the rest. In fact, you can enjoy every second of couch time and easily switch between content without moving a muscle. Let Control Center take your at-home entertainment experience from stressful to simple and enjoy what you want when you want with ease folks it is 2019 it is uh everything is smart there you can connect all this stuff if you are still living in the caveman days grabbing your remote and flipping through your channels uh it's time to get with the times get cabo shop now and get 40 percent off control center with promo code shining that's $59.95, 40% off regular pricing of $99.95. That's how this math works. Service plan required, first 45 days free. Control Center is available. C-A-A-V-O.com and Best Buy. Control Center by Cavo. One remote that does it all. We're also brought to you by the Black Tux. 
Stand out at your event for the right reasons with TheBlackTux.com. The Black Tux offers the kinds of suits and tuxedo styles that would normally be wildly expensive to buy and you might only wear once. With The Black Tux, simply rent them online so you can blow it out for your big one-time event and take your style to the next level. With The Black Tux's free home try-on, you can see the fit and feel the quality of your suit months before the event. After ordering, your suit will arrive 14 days before your event. If anything is less than perfect, The Black Tux will send you a replacement placement right away. Returns are simple. Just wear it, turn heads, and send it back three days after your event. Shipping is free both ways. Mark Titus and myself, we wear tuxedos when we do a three-on-three event, and we let everyone know that we're we're doing it. We're the nicest dressed people in the room, so therefore we can do whatever we want. And that is the whole point. Thank you, Black Tux. Thank you, Black Tux. To get $20 off your purchase, visit theblacktux.com and enter code SHINING. That's theblacktux.com code SHINING for $20 off your first purchase. The Black Tux premium rental suits and tuxedos delivered. Now to the bad guys. All right, and we're back. Uh, after the mic break, we are here. Uh, we are going to run through our favorite segment. I mean, I don't know about you, Mark Titus, but this is by far my favorite segment. Uh, and I will go oh, for first. sure. I will go first again, uh, just because I feel like you have a nice, a very nice bag to discuss. But my bag is more about the weekend in, at large and being from North Carolina. Uh, it, it is something that I was very proud to see. And that was the bad guy himself, Mr. Jermaine Cole. The artist known as J. Cole, mm. the leader of the brand Dreamville. Uh, and I know what everyone's thinking. They're thinking, oh, of course. Who is that? That's what they're thinking. <laughs> that's how that's what I'm hearing in their heads. What I'm saying to you is this is the this is what a bad guy does. And this is why God's plan, the video itself, was something that we were very into. Uh J. Love Cole, God's plan. Love God's plan. You know why we why we love that? Because the man went out there and he just gave money out. Granted, he was at a the, gave money away. The, the University of of Miami uh, in Coral Gables Student Center. That is a million multi million dollar center uh, that they just built. You know, two years ago. Granted, that was there. He was still giving out money to all those people. We won't say anything else about that. And speaking of very went similar- to a private school to give out money. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, speaking of giving out money to, to some private schoolers, uh, let's talk about Duke. Oh, I'm kidding. No, I'm just, that was a joke. Uh, here we go. J. Cole, this is why he is, quote unquote, as they say, the goat emoji. And this is why he's the bad guy of the week. So NBA All-Star Weekend, it's in North Carolina. Uh, everyone's excited about that. It's in Charlotte. It was supposed to be there in 2017. There were some, you know, some things that went on and mm. it got pushed back two years. Uh, you know, two years away from being two years away. So here we are, 2019, J. Cole from Fayetteville, from Fayetteville, gets to go back home to the All-Star Game. The NBA asked him to do the halftime performance. For the halftime show, he says, you know what, NBA? I'm going to do this like a bad guy. I'm going to tell you my terms. You're going to tell me your terms, and then I'm going to do what I said. There you go. So it goes to the halftime show. Uh, he says that he wants all the people on the court to have free tickets, right? So the NBA, that's mm. not usually the protocol here. They're like, uh, I guess. I guess you're calling the shots now. So all those people on the floor that you saw, that was Jay Cole just saying, yeah, these are all my fans. They're going to be down here for free. So to make that work, they made them wait in this line for five hours in another building, just like standing over there. All right, so he felt bad about that. So he decided to not only have the halftime show, but to rent another venue and then to do a private Wait, show. Yes, this is what bad guys do. J. Cole rented another venue out 
to then have all those people that had to wait in this line for a free ticket to see him at the halftime show in in Charlotte at the All-Star game with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, all these people around them. Uh, you know, even Robert Kraft was there wearing a chain for God knows what reason. Maybe Kyle <laughs> will tell me about that sometime. Uh, but anyways, so then he does the he does the private concert after the show. All this was free. You know, he brings out the entire Dreamville, you know, cast of Boss, all these other guys, uh, Dreamville JID, Wale comes out. A lot of people are excited about that. So he does all this for free, drops all these bags for free. In a, in a time and in an era uh, where you could just go down there and just say, I'm from North Carolina. All these people want to spend money. Bye, bye, bye. Get, get, get for me. He says, no, I will drop the bag for my people. I will perform for my people. It was a beautiful moment. That is the dream of probably every kid in North Carolina to basically be the star of the show in a basketball-centric world. He went up for the dunk at the All-Star game, didn't put the dunk down, but still, yeah, mm -hmm. that was tough. But still, for for Dennis Smith Jr., who is a, a, someone that I really respect and adore on this podcast, for him to put on a man's high school jersey that did not play in the NBA, that did not play in college, for him to wear just a high school jersey of that person, which was J. Cole, and go do a major dunk like that while playing on the Knicks, uh, and then for him to come back and give free tickets to everybody, it's a bad guy move all around because you're the center of tension, but you're also, you're, you're, you're Frank Lucas, you know? You're giving out turkeys and everything to everybody for mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. Like, you are, you are the main entree, you are the main man, and that is why J. Cole is my bad guy of the week. Uh, and, that, and that does it, Mark Titus. There it is. No is he, minor uh, guys, just a major he a, guy. He's a rapper, right? He sings. He sings the rap music. He's an artist. Okay. Does he sing? Uh. Does Does he do any Drake songs or anything? Like, does he cover Drake or? Because <laughs> Drake, <laughs> Drake and J Cole have a song called "In the Morning," and uh, if you've ever okay. been a part of that life, you will enjoy that. Would be me. That life. If I if I was at that concert, I I would jokingly start saying "Sing God's Plan." I would yell. I would be like standing next to Robert Kraft, out of place, and be like do God's plan, J. Cole. And then it would start as a joke and then it would slowly not become a joke and I would just commit to the bit and be like, no, but seriously, like it'd be so sweet if you did God's plan. <laughs> uh, it's funny because I'm, uh, I'm a washed up white guy that doesn't know rappers. Um, <laughs> that sounds fun though. So J. Cole is from Charlotte. He's from North Carolina. <laughs> Isn't it? Can you just, can you just, can I just put that out there? That is the most un, that's probably the worst thing you could say to someone from North Carolina. That's actually like from North Carolina. You know what I mean? That would be like someone coming to you, Mark Titus and saying, oh, you're from uh, Ohio, right? You're from Cincinnati. You know, that's, that's, that's exactly what that means because Charlotte's in the Western part of the state, but not really the Western part of the state. It's Southern. It's right next to South Carolina. So they have a lot of South Carolina ties. And then most people that are playing in the NBA are from the eastern part of North Carolina where I'm from uh, and oh, okay. the, the northeastern part of North Carolina where, you know, the Kinsons of the world are, uh, the Rocky Mounts, the Roanoke Rapids, uh, and all those people from there are like, I never, I didn't even go to Charlotte until I went to my first Hornets game when I was like five years old. So, I like, you don't go to Charlotte. It's three hours away. Who knew yeah. that there was a, <laughs> so, so, a rivalry so, between... Oh, it, it's not even a rivalry. It's just like that's a far trip for us, and like I can't. I'm not trying to pay all that gas to, to go see what the NASCAR you, Hall of no. Fame. Like I'm not going down for that. That was that was what. That's you why y'all lost a. <laughs> that's why y'all lost a civil war. You can't even get on the same side within your own state, let alone get y'all together. <laughs> well, on one team. South Carolina and Charlotte decided to secede before talking to everybody. We're like, what the fuck? What are you guys doing? <laughs> Maryland is pissed. 
Oh god. All right. Uh moving on to my <laughs> moving on to my bad guy. I almost I almost kept it in the uh the all-star the NBA All-Star uh uh Carolina theme thing. I almost went with Steph Curry, who mm. was at Davidson. Um hooked up all the Davidson guys with new new Curry shoes, which I guess is a good thing. I guess kids want those shoes. I don't know. I thought how wasn't it like a year or two ago everyone hated Steph's shoes? It, yeah, they look like dad shoes. Are he came cool out now? with the, the curry fours were like the white dad shoes that it was like cut your grass uh fours or whatever they were called. Yeah. These yeah. ones aren't terrible. I, I guess they're cool yeah, now. They're he hooked them up. Uh he went to the game. He he was partying in the student section. That was awesome. I was gonna pick him, but then Tate uh uh I saw this instead, and this is this is much better. Um the the holy trinity of bag dropping journalism has struck once again, Tate. I'm speaking, of course, of the Yahoo boys, Pat Forty. <laughs> Pete Thamel, Dan Wetzel, they published a story on Friday. Uh, the 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 head of the the big picture at the top of the story was the basketball and the gavel that we all we all know so well. That's how yes. you know shit's going down. You see a headline, you see a, a tweet, and you see the basketball and the gavel. You're like, oh boy, here we go. Uh, and the headline reads this: Tate, Nike schools pay too. Federal court <laughs> docs allude to corruption involving flagship Nike basketball programs. Wait, what? Oh, no, not um, Nike. <laughs> news has broken that Adidas is apparently not the only shoe company paying wait, recruits. Wait, what? Uh, Where's yeah, the space Yeah, this is cash? crazy, dude. This is, this is crazy. Um, So all these guys, you got Merle Code, you got James Gatto, you got Christian Dawkins. We know the names. We've been talking about them on this program for a while now. They are basically about to get sentenced. They're scared that they're going to get a big sentence, so they're trying to throw everything, everybody under the bus. They're throwing Nike under the bus. Merle Code, who worked 14 years at Nike, is the one who says Nike's... He's, he's, he's ratting out Nike that they're paying guys. And I, I wanted to get your comment on this because one of his quotes is this. It's a corrupt space as it is... Uh, it, it's a corrupt space as it is in cheating as cheating. Um, whether I give you a dollar, a hundred thousand, or I get your mom and dad jobs, it's cheating. So in some form or fashion, Duke, North Carolina, Syracuse, Kentucky, and all of the schools are doing something to help get kids. That's just part of the space. Now I noticed that he listed four schools. Uh, my alma mater, Ohio state is a Nike school. Um, they were not listed because we do it right. Uh, you, your alma mater, North Carolina was listed. Tate, your thoughts. Uh, I think that was guilty by association. I mean, when you win, people try to draw you into to, to the negative stuff. Uh, and plus, let me just say this. Uh, North Carolina is not a Nike school. We are a Jordan school, mm. and that was a brand created by someone that went to our school who was profited off of but then profited on himself. So uh, I don't see that at Duke. That is a true Nike school. Kentucky is a Nike school. Point your fingers elsewhere, America. Not here. No, nothing to see here. Just a, a few Mercedes in the back, but nothing to see here besides that. Ohio State, also not a Nike school. We covered this. They're a LeBron school. They're, you uh, are, they, you have the crown. Have a, <laughs> That's right. We uh, we, we are, are sponsored safe. by a guy who... We are sponsored by a guy who flies into Columbus for a football game, swings by homage, gets a free jacket that says Ohio State on it, wears it on the sideline, and leaves in the third quarter. And then, and then throws it away when he walks out of the arena. Yep. And then tweets... My boy Ezekiel Elliott is tough. That dude tough. And then puts all exclamation points, hashtag go Bucks, and everyone's like, God damn, LeBron, Ohio State. Did he go to Ohio State? It feels like he did. Um <laughs> show the locker. Yeah, there's not uh, th 
I, I jokingly picked I jokingly picked this as my bad guy. Uh, obviously, it's not really a story, but it is, like the story was published on Friday. It was it was I just thought it was funny because it was like it it I don't know it, we're 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 in that territory where the gavel like I, I I said it before Yahoo you gotta you gotta use the gavel and the ball picture sparingly um, because I see that thing I get excited I think there's some juice to it you can't use that for a, a story that everyone's known forever we just come on be better guys come on. I mean, it comes back to blue chips came out 25 years ago and the whole story was about paying kids to go to school. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it didn't just start in 2016, despite the gavel and the reports. Speaking of bad guys, did you see this this morning? Darren Ravel tweeted that uh, um, Loyola Chicago, Loyola University has filed for a trademark to Sister Jean and worship, work, and win. So Sister Jean is trademarked, so I believe we are no longer allowed to 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 talk about Sister Jean. It's like the Super Bowl, I think. You have to call it the big game. We have, we need a we need a nickname for Sister Jean so we don't get sued. Should I so cancel can that t shirt order? The big I mean, lady. The, the big, big Jean. The big Jean. <laughs> Something like that. She's not included on the copyright, though, right? That's what we learned, that she is actually, they are profiting off Sister Jean. For the first time, oh, Sister yeah, yeah. Jean is actually being uh, profited off of outside. Or she Welcome they, to college sports, Sister Jean. Yeah, finally. <laughs> finally. Now she knows how it feels. She's like, Clayton Custer's looking at her. He's like, told you to do it to anybody. <laughs> Sister Jean, actually, she was on the... Uh, she was part of the O'Bannon case. She was a she was an unlockable character in NCAA College Hoops 2008, and she was she sued EA Sports. Stop using my likeness. Um, all right, that's enough of the bad guys. Let's let's move along. Uh, Kyle guy, we we have some Kyle guy news date. Uh, Virginia just beat Virginia Tech on Big Monday last yep. night at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's been getting the best of Virginia last few years. What what do they say? Like they've beaten Virginia each of the last three years. Is it? Yeah, and then um, Virginia I think, Tech has, and then I Virginia think. swept them 2016. Uh, so this is yeah. another sweep. So we're back to we, oh, we've, okay. we've gone through the spectrum again. You know, Virginia Tech had them for the next like couple years, and then then they get the sweep this year, and then sort of rinse and repeat next year. Um, he was dare I say unconscious against Virginia Tech. Kyle mm-hmm. guy was six for thirteen from the three point line. Uh, Virginia Tech as a team comparatively was three for twenty eight, which is tough. Virginia Tech is like. What were they third? They, I think they kept showing the stat. I should remember this. I think they were third in Division One in, in three point field goal percentage, and then they went three for twenty eight. Um, right, right behind Lipscomb. They're, they're, yeah, they're not the mm. same team without Justin Robinson. Um, whatever. But Kyle Guy had it. He also had a tip dunk date. I don't know if you saw that. I did. The man had a rebound that he dunked through the rim and then hung onto the rim. It was it's, it was a real dunk. Uh, I couldn't believe it. Our guys, our guy is out there doing things. He's he's fifteen for thirty-two from three in his last three games. He's averaging fifteen point four points per game now, leading the team in scoring. Which at Virginia, fifteen point four is like twenty-five point four. I forget what the coefficient is. I came up with the coefficient. Was it one point three or something? I don't remember. Um. Anyway, Kyle guy is doing things. Tate Virginia, their schedule the rest of the way. They are at Louisville on Saturday. Could be a tough one. Uh, but they but they always seem to get the best of Louisville, don't they? Or is it Louisville gets the best of that? I don't remember. It goes. Well, back I can't and, remember all the ACC. <laughs> I, I Louisville does. I, I think 
Louisville gets the best of Carolina, and then they get the best of Virginia. And then Virginia, Virginia gets beats the best Carolina. Of Louis- yeah, Duke yeah. Beats it, Virginia. It's all like a yeah. It's it's it's, it's all confusing. It's confusing <laughs> and confounding. I will say, Kyle, guys, uh, his Sports Center highlight did not do him any for any favors or any service uh, because they they did the dribble counter, which is cool. Which is basically the old JJ thing, where you know he doesn't even have to dribble. Look Clay at Thompson. Yeah, look. At, yeah, Clay Thompson. Same thing. It's like look at this guy running around screens, and then he catches and shoots it and goes in. Wow, no dribbles. Uh, so they did that whole thing for him, and then they show us first half. They show all of his threes. They show the bank in three. They show Ty Jerome and how he you know can go to one side of the court and throw it basically to a space like a you know a quarterback, and then Kyle guy runs into space and hits the shot, which is all uh, fun and dandy. But like you said, he had the tip dunk. So they show all of his threes. They show the no dribbles, and they. They show the shush when he does the shush to the crowd after he hits his, you know, the the last three that he hit in the game. Uh, And they don't show the tip dunk, which is, this is the problem when you're labeled as a shooter. You know what I mean? They don't want to, unless, the only way that they show your dunk is when it's cute. So, like, they'll they'll show Mm -hmm. Steph's dunk in the warm-up when he, like, tries to do a 360 and he barely gets it over the rim. And they're like, here's Steph Curry Mm -hmm. trying to dunk. Uh, meanwhile, Steph has like a 36-inch vertical and can throw it down. And you saw at the end of the All-Star game, he did that. Uh, and Kyle Guy in this game has this beautiful tip dunk. The, the play that you maybe should show to say, hey, look at Kyle Guy showing some athleticism. What about that? But instead, we just frame it around him being a shooter steal, even though he is, uh, like you said, you, you gave the stats on his numbers, how well he's been shooting lately. Um, but I just feel bad. I, I don't want to box Kyle Guy in. It's just a, you know, a one-trick pony. He's not just a shooter. He can dribble. He can do other things. Uh, so you know what else he can do. Speaking yeah, of shooter that? shooting, uh, raise a puppy. He, he slid into he slid into the OSP DMs last night. No I'm way. I'm happy to report. No way. What did he happened. say? What did yeah. he say? I tweeted at him. I was watching the game and I tweeted from the OSP account. I said, uh, "Come on the pod, you beautiful bitch." <laughs> <laughs> what did he just send? Winky face? Because <laughs> I was I don't know. I was like drunk with emotion. I was watching him. Uh, oh, I was, no. I, he, you all right? <laughs> he gotta get out of he Ohio, man. The, Dude, listen. It, it it's a tough time for for us Hoosier folks. Like when you, it's it's a whole thing. Like, listen, being be it, it's hard. Okay, when you're from Indiana, you just want like people to appreciate the greatness of 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 Indiana of guys who played in Indiana. Uh, my and guy Dave from Letterman. Wabash. Those are your guys. Dave speaking of which, my guy from players. Wabash uh, just uh-huh. broke the NCAA record for most consecutive free throws. What's it? Let me get this kid's name right because I'm gonna mess this up. He deserves some credit. Uh. Uh, Jack Davidson, that's right, of Wabash, hit the most consecutive free throws in NCAA history. He's up to 95, Tate. Mm. Wabash is a school in Indiana. You know who has the Division One record? Darnell Archie, who played at Butler. He's from Indiana. The guy who has the Division Two record is, like, from Cincinnati. Just He went to Northern Kentucky. So my point is, Tate, there's this... IU sucks. I just want, like... I want the people from Indiana... I, I, want, I want Indiana basketball to matter. So when I see... A Mr. Basketball out there doing things, hitting threes, shushing the crowd. I just get excited. And I tweeted at him and I was like, come on the pod. And then he slid into the DMs. And let's just say we might be getting Kyle Guy on the pod. Mm. It might be happening. So big fat, so, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I don't wanna I don't wanna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say what he said. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna air his dirty laundry, you know, or whatever. Um, so I'm just saying that you're not going to put a blue check by it. You're going to put a palm tree by it. So it, right, the same we are monitoring as, the situation yes. with Kyle Guy. We'll yes. put it that way. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Got it. That, that might be happening. Out. Kyle's guy. Um, do we have that's, a Kyle, yeah, that's, yeah? Do we have a Kyle, Kyle guy? Is doing well. We're excited for the Louisville game. Kyle's guy. Is there anything up on Deanne? How did uh, you know that was going to be my guy? That's is it incredible. again? Yeah. <laughs> 
That's incredible. Yeah, so they lost to Cal State Fullerton, uh, 71-78 on Cal Saturday. Cal State showdown. Yeah, yeah, no, really, but uh, 37 minutes, 25 points, 17 rebounds, one assist. Woo! You know, he's he's out there. I just, I'm, I'm hammering this shit into the ground. And then I was just looking at the at the team. Did you know Ron Artest III is on that team? Is he Ron Artest's kid? Yeah. Which one? Or his grandson? It's his son, Ron oh, Artest okay. III. Four on minutes, Fullerton or? one rebound. On, uh, on Cal State, Northridge. Nor- which one? <laughs> Northridge. Northridge, we saw him. Oh, we saw him. We, we saw him. Too. We watched he was him on that play. Team? I think no. I, I mean, you think I guess. he's new? He just enrolled. I think he might be new. I don't. Oh, know. He's only got four minutes. <laughs> Godfrey's working magic. Yeah, out Cameron Godfrey, uh, thirty-two minutes, seven points. So there's a lot of this legacies going on here. This is great. This yeah, is great. I like but, uh, L- Lamine Janae though. Janae, Janae. Not Deanna. I told you I was going to remember this. Yeah, Janae. All right, good stuff. Janae, twenty-five points. Mm-hmm. Good for still him. going. Great Kyle's guy. Uh, Let's let's hit Cal's guy and wrap this up. Um, Cal Cal's guy of the week has to be uh, Hamadou Diallo. Wins the slam dunk contest is pretty much single handedly save the slam dunk contest from being a complete bore. Um, I I thought the uh, the dunking over Shaq and the Superman thing was cool. The rest of it actually like just the the dunk contest sucks. It does suck. The All Star Weekend sucks, Tate. It all sucks. But Hamadou Diallo did win. He was clearly the best. Your boy Dennis Smith. Uh, he he's. I don't know. He had some moments. He's, he's past his prime. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's lost it. <laughs> he had he had some moments. I will say this: back to back years, Dennis Smith has done something that is that it, people did not take in the moment as amazing as it was. And then when you saw the slow, like the the shot of it, you're like, wow, that was really cool. Uh, and he lost to Donovan Mitchell last year, loses to Diallo this year. Um, so you know, it is what it is. I think he'll come back next year and it'll be good. But have you seen all the other stuff about the dunk contest? We got Giannis is going to do it next year. Apparently, we got Donovan mm-hmm. Mitchell. I don't believe any of those guys until until I see it happen. And when is LeBron? Gonna do when it. is LeBron going to do it? He's not going to do it. I know because the just, dunk contest. They ask that every no year. As if the LeBron at thirty five is going to be like, you know what? This is the year. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna do it this year. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, I don't think there's any fixing the dunk contest um, in the sense that like when we were little or certainly when I was little, if you really think about it, like all the, all the time you're watching basketball when I was growing up, I was lucky to see throughout the entire season on video, live in person, whatever. I was lucky to see maybe like 50 dunks total in my, Mm -hmm. in an entire calendar year, just because if you didn't catch it on sports center, you didn't have Twitter or anything. So you basically had to be watching the games live or catch them on Sports Center to see a guy dunk, and that was it. That was the only hope of ever seeing any dunk, much less like a cool dunk. And then now you can just see you're you're just it's it's, it's you're oversaturated. We're we're oversaturated with dunk. Any any halfway cool dunk you see it, so you see these all year. Every every single day you get on Twitter and you're seeing sweet ass dunks, and then the dunk contest rolls around. It's just not that special. That's that's what happened. Am, am I the first one to point this out? I don't know if this is original. <laughs> But it really is frustrating. So um, anyway, Hamadou Diallo, thank you for making it not boring. Uh, we should we should probably talk about the Kentucky basketball team, though, Tate. They we beat Tennessee. The, these are the real Little guys. Mess. These yep. are Cal's real guys right now. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely punked your boys. Uh, you've been a Tennessee fan for a while. I purposely left Tennessee off of the preseason <laughs> thing because I didn't think they'd be very good. <laughs> you expected this blowout. Yeah, you were looking forward to this. I'm back to, I'm back to jumping off the bandwagon. No, uh, uh, Kentucky... Absolutely punks Tennessee. I think that was the more shocking thing about this game. Um, not so much that Kentucky won. Kentucky's a little bit more desperate for the win going into this game. They're playing at home. They, they're coming off a loss to LSU at home. Um, they needed this one. 
more than Tennessee needed it. Uh, so it's not necessarily surprising that Kentucky won. It's it's not even necessarily surprising Kentucky won by a lot. What I thought was surprising was that Tennessee, a team that is uh, entire reputation is just like being tough and being physical and 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 not backing down from anyone. Um, they were kind of punked from start to finish. Kentucky goes on a 14-0 run, start the second half, uh, just completely runs them off the floor. And I don't know, man. What 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 what? How do you feel about this? I mean, what, what, are, are, do we, yeah. I think the biggest implication of this whole situation in the SEC is basically what that one seed is, right? If we look at the one seeds right now as it stands, you're probably going to have the two ACC teams, which is a Duke, Virginia. I mean, pretty much those guys are there. I mean, Duke especially is probably a lock, and then you have Gonzaga, right, as the other one seed. So then there's that fourth one seed, which is between whoever wins the Big Twelve, whoever wins the Big Ten, and whoever wins the SEC, right? Is that is that what you would say? So then when I look at this game between Tennessee and Kentucky, yeah, Tennessee has been putting a resume together to get that one seed. And if Tennessee has that one seed, then obviously, you know, it's a much clearer path to get to the final four and things set up a lot easier for them. But then so when you go into this game, this is a this game isn't necessarily about the SEC. It's about trying to get that one seed if you're Tennessee. And then they just sort of no showed in this game. And Keldon Johnson. Uh, I feel like we've talked about, you know, Hero and all these other guys on this team. I mean, Kelton Johnson is, to me, the the one from day one uh, with Kentucky that sort of had it all together and, you know, can put up the points that they need in, in certain situations. And they seem mm-hmm. to all have, in the same way that Duke has bought in on defense, I feel like Kentucky has bought in on defense. And if they mm-hmm. get out in transition and, and they're able to kind of get things rolling and set up where they're getting turnovers and speeding you up, I mean, Tennessee is not built to have the athletes to match up with them. They're built to... To do what you said, which is basically like rough them up, <laughs> you know, go be as physical as right. possible. And they came out in that game and they tried to play. Uh, I don't even it, they just seemed like they were overwhelmed by the expectation of being the one seed or to be, you know, to be the number one team. And and then well, having Kentucky go into that game, you know, it was nice for Kentucky to be the underdog in that situation, kind of uh, to prove a little bit of a point. Well, and they play with the chip on their shoulder. Yeah, Reed, Reed Travis is a great matchup for yep. for Grant Williams. They're just basically like two jacked guys that love to push each other around. And um, it, it, Reed Reed Travis basically bottled up Grant Williams, which is hysterical because Grant Williams still finished with 16 points. Grant Williams was three for four from the field, which is shocking that the the guy who's basically been the second best player in college basketball all season um, shot four times in this game in the biggest game of the year for Tennessee. And he still finished with 16 points, mm. but he was obviously not as effective as he usually is. Dude, I want to I, I want to officially declare that I've come around on Tyler Hero, and I think I might be a fan. I'm almost there. He plays defense. I'm like 90% there to being a fan of this Hustles, guy. Hustles, dives it's, on the floor. Yeah. What, what, what an absolute upset that is. That's the upset of the season. After we saw him in, in Indianapolis, I was like, get this kid out of my face forever. And now I actually love the kid. Um, he, he does, and, and here's why I love him, Tate. He does more than just shoot. And and it's not like I, I, he he's accepted his role. I think like part of him he's realized that that college basketball works differently than high school and the NBA, where uh, you don't have to you can be the best player without being the best player, right? Like that. Yeah. I think it was very important to him to be the best player on this team um, to start the season. He he was told he was the best player, all that kind of stuff. I think he's cool with like PJ Washington actually being the best player, but he's secretly the best player, you know. We we love we love talking about that on this program with all the different teams and um all the guys that have multiple best players on the team. Tyler Heroes <laughs> finally embraced that. He's like, Oh, so I can still like grab thirteen rebounds against Tennessee. He led Kentucky in rebounding in this game. Tyler Hero did. Yep. Thirteen rebounds against Tennessee. 
Uh, and then the game before against LSU, he led the team in assists. So uh, I think that's why I like him is because I, I kind of pegged him early on as just this guy that curls off of screens and shoots threes and is going to shoot 36% from the three-point line and think that he's hot shit. And uh, to his credit, he's become more than that. And um, Kentucky's a better team for it. And I don't know, man. I, I, I think uh, I think Kentucky is... I, I we, we should kind of pump the brakes and mention that they did lose to LSU. I think a lot of people like want the, the Tennessee game to just erase the LSU game because mm-hmm. like Kentucky was trending up and up and up. They lose to LSU, then they beat Tennessee. And it's like, oh, let's forget about that LSU game. Let's just talk about how they're trending up. Um, but I, they, they're, they are obviously a completely different team than they were at the start of the season. If they play Duke again, I, it really does feel like a Kentucky-Duke national championship would just be the nice bow onto the season and Kentucky beats Duke and everyone just scratches their head like, how the hell did that happen? Yep. Um, but if they played him though, like obviously Kentucky's better, obviously Duke's better, but I think like if you look back on that game, it wasn't about Duke was so much better than Kentucky. It was more about like Kentucky thought they could run with Duke and they obviously can't. So... If they play again, it's going to be a completely different game. That's not to say that Kentucky should be favored. It's just, you know, like if, if they could get matched up in the NCAA tournament, for those of you that are listening that haven't been paying much of attention, don't assume that Duke is just going to wipe the floor with Kentucky because that is, I, I imagine Kentucky will slow the game down and it'll be a much different game. Um, You brought up one one last thought and then then we can wrap this thing up. Uh, you brought up the, the one seed thing. For Virginia fans, and I know we have a lot to listen to this, to this, uh, to our, to our podcast. Virginia fans should be cheering like hell for Kentucky to get the one seed because uh, Virginia is probably going to the South Regional. Duke is probably getting the one seed in the East, which is Washington, D.C. Virginia is probably going to be the one seed in the South, which is at Louisville Tate. And if Kentucky does not get the one seed, does not get that fourth one seed, Kentucky is going to be the two. And Virginia could potentially be playing Kentucky to go to the Final Four in Louisville, Kentucky. Yikes. Yikes. So, uh... Virginia fans, cheer for the Wildcats. Join Big Blue Nation. That is my advice to you. <laughs> I feel like that's uh, Kentucky being the one seed as the fourth one seed is pretty much what everyone. Uh, uh, you rather have them as the one than your number one, too. So that's where everyone's at if you're going to be one of those teams, especially if you're even Duke, though, right? I mean, we'll see what happens with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Duke UNC Wednesday night, uh, something to keep an eye on. Last time, neither Duke or UNC were ranked in this game. Coach K was 13. Roy Williams was nine years old. Shout out to Brian Ives for pulling that one. And Kobe uh, White was a Duke fan. Kobe White was a Duke fan. Kobe White is a Kyrie Irving fan. I have known that for quite some time. I do not uh, blame him for that because when Kyrie Irving was coming out of high school, I was a real fan of Kyrie Irving. And then he went to Duke, and guess what? He didn't play at Duke, so no one cares. Uh, he never played against Carolina, and so therefore we like Kyrie Irving. No one, no one's worried about that. I did not like the Co- that Kobe White's favorite moment was a moment that haunted me, and I was in the building for Austin Rivers hitting the shot, the three-pointer over Tyler mm. Zeller. Still don't know why Tyler Zeller didn't close out there, but uh, did not like that. I want to bring up a couple stats before we leave this Wednesday night game because I'm getting a lot of people talking shit about it as if Duke dominates the series. So here we go. All-time series. North Carolina <laughs> leads 137-111. to 111. Largest victory in the series. North Carolina 37 points in 1921. Longest win streak. North Carolina 16. Current win streak. North Carolina 1. So uh, every single stat that would come up, North Carolina is dominating. Uh, so if anyone wants to bring up the fact that, oh, 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 just know that those uh, are the stats. Uh, how about... How about Zion commitments secured? Duke's winning that one. one He's a different kind of bird. He's a different kind of bird. Did you not hear this? <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Um, He's no Black Falcon, that's for I, sure. 
I, I, I got a, I got a little tidying up to do before we get out of here. Uh, number one, Kentucky kid hits a half court shot on game day. Said, "Let's fucking go!" Like a thousand times. Yeah, that did. was hilarious. Yep. Look it up if you haven't seen that yet. Um, shout out to that kid for keeping it real and just not caring that he's on ESPN. That was awesome. Love that. Uh, number two, um, I want to I want to do a quick pack. Pac-12 update, Tate, because I think I think that's become a fun segment on the show that we've just kind of we disregard the Pac-12. We check in, take a little temperature. Here's your Pac-12 update. UCLA needed overtime to win at Cal. Cal is probably the worst power conference team of all time, and UCLA had to come from behind. They were trailing for like 30 minutes, and then they had to go to overtime. Three days later, they lose by 24 at Stanford, who is not a good basketball team. And the basket in this game broke, and the game was delayed for 30 minutes because they had to wheel in a new basket. Uh, because God knows what the hell is going on out there in the Pac-12. Uh, meanwhile, Lute Olson just had a stroke yesterday. Um, thoughts and prayers for, for old Lute. He is the last surviving head coach who has won a national championship in the Pac-12, I believe. Well, Jim Herrick, but yeah, that was an accident. Jim <laughs> Herrick didn't actually, you know. Yeah, that was the school. <laughs> yeah. Jim Herrick is like, I don't know how that happened. It was we accidentally won the national championship. So if you don't count that one, then Lute Olson is the one coach left that won a national championship in the Pac-12. And then finally, there was an article in the San Jose Mercury News, Tate, on Wednesday. The headline reads, think the Pac-12 networks are struggling with audience and revenue? The reality might be worse than you imagined. (laughs) 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 And then in this article, they say that with just 17.9 million subscribers, the Pac-12 networks will have fewer subscribers in 2019 than the Pursuit Channel, the Sportsman Channel, Fox Deportes, and Z Living, whatever the fuck any of those channels are. <laughs> so that is your Pac-12 update. Meanwhile, Tony Bennett has still not said no to the UCLA job. So I don't know. Neither is Maybe Luke Tony Walden, Bennett could say Neither is Mike Bray. No one's saying no. Neither is Rick Pitino. <laughs> Keep an eye on it. You got anything else before we go? No, that's it. I'm uh, excited. We'll be back later to talk about everything that happens Wednesday night unless I don't watch it. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Brad Calipari on Twitch playing Fortnite the other night. Shout out to the guy who was in that chat. Who someone started a Twitch account, One Shining Pod, and was talking shit to oh, Brad no. Calipari. <laughs> yeah, and I swear to God, it wasn't me because I retweeted the link. Like Brad's like, I'm going live on Twitch. Check it out. And so I retweeted it like immediately. And then I saw he, his numbers were up to 150 people watching. Uh, last time I was watching him, he had like 20 something. So. You're welcome, Brad. And then people were just spamming him in the comments, talking shit about us and the show and me and everything else. And then one guy actually had one shining pod and was like, Brad, come on the pod. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> what's happening? Oh, here? no. All right. So keep an so eye on good. that. That'll be a fun development to watch as the season progresses. That's all we got. We'll be back Friday. I'm coming out to Los Angeles, guys. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm going to be out in LA for the rest of the season. So I'm not really sure how that affects the friends of the program, but um, I'm excited to do that to, to, beef up our coverage of March Madness. So let's get this done. Let's do it. See you guys soon. Thanks for listening. We'll be back Friday. Peace. All right, before we go, one last word from Cavo. Clean up your remote control center with Control Center by Cavo. Plug in your streamer, sound system, cable, satellite, or game console and control everything connected to your TV with one easy-to-use voice-controlled remote. Shop now and get 40% off Control Center with promo code SHINING. 
That is $59.95, folks. 40% off of the regular pricing of $99.95. Service plan is required. First 45 days are free. Control Center is available at caavo.com and Best Buy. Control Center by Cabo. One remote that does it all.